You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to the Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fritinski. Welcome back. Another Buffalo Bills season. Wow. Not the way we wanted the last season to end, but I think there's once again high hopes for this season, high expectations. I think the expectations are a little tempered, at least in terms of personally for me, I don't necessarily have the same excitement that I had last year. And part of that is just things didn't end up the way we thought. You know, the Buffalo Bills were the favorite to win the Super Bowl last year. They're not the favorite this year. They're obviously still a contender. But I do think that people aren't feeling quite as confident as they did. Part of that is probably their division. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the AFC East and how much better it is this year than it was last year. It just can't be ignored. Every team in this division has gotten better, including the Buffalo Bills. I do think the Bills are better this year than they were last year. When we look at their roster top to bottom, I think they're improved. They're also currently at full health, pretty much. Obviously, with Micah Hydeback, Jordan Poyer seems to be perfectly healthy now. You have Allen, who's better now, you know, after all that elbow and whatever else went on. We got a healthy team this year. Our O-line so far is pretty clear. So, you know, we got Von Miller, who I don't think we know exactly when he's going to be back. There's still that possibility that he's back for week one. But personally, I hope he doesn't come back. Um, at least not yet. I think they should wait. I don't think there should be a rush to rush him back. I'm okay with us waiting four or five weeks until we bring him back until he's a hundred percent. And welcome again to another season of the Herd and Ten podcast. I am joined once again this season by my brother Kevin Fertinsky. Kev, tell us how you're feeling this year about the Bills. Did you need a break after the off-season or after the season? Did you have a long break in the off-season where you just sort of took it easy, cleared your head because the ending didn't end quite the way we wanted it to end? Yeah, the off-season's always long in football. Season's always too short. It's always like that. Obviously, a disappointing end to last season after being the favorites coming into the season. Um, we certainly didn't really feel like the favorites going into the playoffs you know we had an awesome first half of the year and then we trended down as the season went on with injuries the unfortunate situation with Demar Hamlin the blizzards it it, it the season devolved unfortunately it, it got worse as it went went along um we have to hope for you know, a season this year where we peak at the right time. Last season, we did not peak at the right time. We peaked at the beginning of the year and then went downhill. 
maybe this year, you know, even if we start a little slower and try and, you know, trend upwards and avoid those major injuries that we did last year. Um, I believe like Jake, I believe we're, we're a better team than we were last year. Um, the only thing we really lost from last season is Tremaine Edmonds. And we may struggle to replace him completely. But as we've discussed before, Tremaine Edmonds, I don't believe, was a core player of this team. I think he was okay. But he definitely wasn't great. I would never have paid him that much money. So... Yeah, I, I'm 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 actually happy Tremaine Edmonds is gone because he got egregiously overpaid in Chicago and good luck to them. So we got a comment here from Snug Cat saying, I hope the Bills kick the shit out of the Jets. Oh, Snug Cat, we are on the same page as you. It's funny because Kevin and I were talking just before we jumped on here. I called him at, I don't know, 720 seeing that the Jets improved adding James Cook's brother, Dalvin Cook. And I am a little concerned about the Jets, to be honest, in terms of concerned for the Bills, because I do think the Jets have gotten dramatically better since last season. Of course, they added Aaron Rodgers, who we all know is a perennial Pro Bowl, basically perennial MVP player. He did slip last season. He wasn't quite the same, but I also think the team wasn't quite the same. I'm certainly concerned, but I would love to see the Bills just go ham on that team because the Jets definitely are coming in with some swagger, some confidence, even though they've proven absolutely nothing. I would love the Bills to take them back to earth and show them who the AFC really is and who's the king of the AFC Kev, any thoughts on the Jets right now? Obviously, you know, we talked about it a little bit before, but are you concerned at all? Do you really think that they're not a threat to take over the AFC East in any manner? Look, I think the Jets, of course, they're improved with Aaron Rodgers, but his 40-year-old 40, 40 season coming up, coming off a down year, I don't think he's the next Brady where we're going to see him play great until 45. We've already seen him go downhill. I think Aaron Rodgers has always been overrated. I think he doesn't take a lot of chances, which is why his interceptions are low. I think they shielded him well in Green Bay. I think they used the running game a ton where he didn't have to throw that much. And anytime he's been in big situations in the playoffs, Outside of winning one Super Bowl, you know, a very long time ago, the guy has choked every year in the playoffs. And last year, they didn't even make the playoffs. So do I think that the Jets have a better roster than Green Bay did last year? Yes, they have a better roster. But I don't think it's so much better that, that it makes them a Super Bowl contender. I think the Jets are more in the pretender category. I think the Jets are more in the, they are an off-season darling team, which means nothing. So until the Jets prove otherwise, I think 
we're a way better team. I think we have a way better quarterback. I think, um, I think our defense is just as good, if not better than the Jets defense. I am not overly concerned with the Jets. I think it's going to come down again to us, Kansas City, and Cincinnati. I think those are the teams I'm concerned with. Obviously, Cincinnati crushed us last year in the playoffs. Kansas City beat us the year before in that epic game. Mahomes, Burrow, those are the two guys I'm worried about. I'm not worried about a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Maybe maybe I'm I'm wrong to not worry about him, but I just he hasn't won a he can barely play in the playoffs and he had a very suspect year when he turned 39 last year. So I have no reason to believe that he's going to maintain the MVP type level of play of two years ago. And even so, I don't think he was that good. I think Allen should have won MVP two years ago. I think Rogers is overrated. And I, I think we're going to have no problem holding on to the division this year. I think Miami, um, I've been seeing the headlines about how terrible their O-line is. I think Tua is going to get crushed again, and that's going to be that for him. New England, Mac Jones stinks. Not worried about New England. And, uh, yeah, Bill's win this division again this year i think there's a few things there that you mentioned that we we got to unpack number one the buffalo bills still have the best roster top to bottom in the entire division i don't think anyone would argue that now that doesn't mean that you win the division but you certainly have the best opportunity to do so and i think most importantly the buffalo bills have josh allen let's be honest josh allen is by far the best quarterback in the AFC East. He's in the top three best quarterbacks in the NFL with the other two guys that you mentioned. Patrick Mahomes, he is number one. He's done enough at this point to to tell me that he is a generational player. He has that potential to put up the kind of statistics that Tom Brady put up, specifically you know, regarding Super Bowls. And then, of course, you have Joe Burrow, who's already gone to the Super Bowl. He's beaten us. He's beaten Mahomes. He has proven that he belongs in that conversation. Not to mention, he has probably the best receiver out of those three teams. Um, I think that Jamar Chase, although I it stings to say it, he is better than Stefan Diggs. He's probably the best receiver in the NFL at this point in time. So the Bengals do have that special duo and but back to the division I'm a little more concerned as I already mentioned with the New York Jets I don't think Rodgers is the same guy anymore I agree with you there but I still think he's a legitimate threat specifically because we need to play him twice this year just like we're gonna have to play Tua Tungavailoa twice just like we're gonna have to play Bill Belichick twice I don't mention Mac Jones because I don't think he's a threat whatsoever, but Bill Belichick always puts up a good fight. So that's already six games in this season. That is a big chunk of our season that goes towards our division. And these are not going to be easy games. And 
you better believe that the AFC East has made some strides to try to catch up to the Buffalo Bills. We have to mention Ezekiel Elliott also just signed with the New England Patriots. So yeah, he might not be the player he was, but it's still a step forward for them. All of these teams are taking step forwards or they're taking steps forward and the Bills have taken a step forward. I just don't think it's a massive step forward. We've kept most of our team intact. Intact. We've made some improvements, however slight. But again, from what we're hearing, Josh Allen has taken another leap forward. And that I'm most excited for. I want to talk more specifically about the Buffalo Bills preseason. So... We always say this before every season, take everything that we say and everything that you see in preseason with a grain of salt. It just doesn't mean that much. The fact of the matter is a lot of the starters aren't playing. And even if they are, the offense is generally quite vanilla. The defense is generally quite vanilla. You're not going to see a lot of the special plays that teams are saving for the actual NFL season. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about what we have been seeing. I want to start with our stock up, stock down, because there are some stocks that have grown, and I think we've been impressed. And we're not just talking about the first preseason game. We're talking about what Kevin and I have seen over this offseason, during training camp, all of that together where do the stock ups and stock downs appear? I think the first person we should talk about, who I think is probably going to make the biggest impact this year in terms of new players, is Kincaid. We have heard unbelievable things since the second he was drafted. It's been nothing but pure excitement. Everyone wants to see what he can do. And already through training camp, through preseason, although he didn't really play in the game a whole lot, he has apparently been just lights out. The guy runs routes like Travis Kelsey. He can block. He can go outside, inside. It sounds like he can do a bit of everything, and you got to be excited, right, Kev? That's got to be stock up. Even though the expectations were so high for him coming in, it sounds like he's even surpassed those. Yeah, we better hope he's a difference maker on offense because, yes, we've, we've added another positions on offense. And, and honestly, probably our most important uh, unit that we need to see improvement from is the O-line to allow Josh Allen to find his weapons. And one of them is his new weapon in Dalton Kincaid. I think all reports seem to be great coming out of camp. Um, yes, you're right. We didn't get to see him much in the preseason. And honestly, I can't say it's terribly informative to watch, you know, these backup quarterbacks throw to, you know, star wideouts or tight ends either way. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely excited to see Kincaid. We have, Never had a weapon like this in Buffalo. I don't recall in my 
almost 30 years of watching the Bills, we have never had a real threat at tight end. Arguably the best receiving tight end we've had in the last 25 years has been Dawson Knox. And Dawson Knox is a middle of the pack tight end. He has been, he was good in the red zone last year, but as we've talked about, he has his ups and downs. He's had many drops. So I've seen enough from Dawson Knox. I think maybe having them both on the field, maybe that makes Dawson Knox uh, more scary where defenses have to key on both of them. Yeah, I think that's a huge piece. Let's let's talk a little bit about that and unpack what John Roberts said, which is I he's read that he wasn't even targeted against the Colts. It's true. I think there was maybe one target um, for Kincaid. It, it was a target. It wasn't a catch. It wasn't really much of a play, but he wasn't targeted against the Colts, essentially, and they're keeping him and Dawson Knox a secret. I like that. I, I think that's a good take. I think it's probably what they're doing. I think they're sheltering them because they're going to let these guys go off. And that's a big point that you mentioned, Kev, that I think connects nicely with what John said here, which is the tandem, the duo of them together might elevate Knox to a new level because I think part of the thing that's held him back is maybe we've asked too much of Knox. Maybe he isn't the talent that we maybe had hoped he was you know, after his rookie season, we thought he was going to be this great tight end, and he's clearly not that, and that's okay. But if he could be in a 1A, 1B situation with Dalton Kincaid, then I think you have something that could be magical. This is something that the league hasn't seen since Hernandez and Gronkowski. That could be something that I think is also one of those storylines that isn't being talked about enough. I think that the tight end situation in Buffalo is so much better than it was last year because last year it was it, it was the disaster. Really, it was a disaster. And this year, there is this opportunity to potentially be the best tight end group in the entire NFL. And if that's the case, this AFC East, we're going to run away with it. it. If it is what we think it could be. And that, that's a huge, huge thing to consider. I want to now touch on something that you mentioned, Kev, in your rant, which is the quarterback situation. We talk about the preseason. It's not so important. But for some positions, it is quite important. And it's these guys' lives are on the line. And the backup quarterback position is now a hot debate. I think coming into this game, I was just assuming that Kyle Allen was our backup. We signed him for $1.6 Most people assumed he was going to be the backup, especially because Matt Barkley has been the third string and we seem to be comfortable with him in that position. He's good in the quarterback's room, but we don't necessarily want him playing in any capacity. But after seeing how, quite honestly, how horrendous Kyle Allen, Kyle it's Allen got it. Veteran minimum. Just veteran it. minimum. So he's, Which is he's what? Highly cuttable. Just over $1 million. Oh, just over $1 million. Okay, so it's a small contract, of course. Like you said, he could just be cut. The key here is he looked terrible. He did not look comfortable at all in the pocket. 
And I should mention, he made a couple nice throws. The guy has strength in his arm, but that's kind of about it. His decision-making, super questionable. His mobility, not particularly impressive. I mean, he's more mobile than Barkley, but I wouldn't call him a mobile quarterback. And Barkley, on the other end, really good. He looked comfortable. Now, he's been in this offense for a few years, so he does have a leg up, and maybe we need to give Allen a little more time. But at this point, to me, I think Matt Barkley has just as good of a chance as becoming the Buffalo Bills' backup as Kyle Allen does. And to be honest, I actually think it's more likely that we're going to bring someone else in. Kyle Allen's going to be cut and Barkley will remain the third string. I actually feel that that's the most likely scenario at this point, just based on how uncomfortable, I think that's the best term to use here, how uncomfortable Kyle Allen looked. We got another comment coming in here from Tim Tims. Not sure if that's his real name, but that would be a pretty amazing name. Tim Timms, in his opinion, Isabella is also definitely a good threat. Kid is super fast and fills the Beasley spot. Kevin and I were talking about this earlier. Kevin's on the exact same page as Tim. I'm not completely sold, partly because of the lack of the returner ability that I saw from him. It's not that I don't think he'd be a good addition. I'm not sure if he's going to make the roster if he doesn't provide something in special teams that's significant. I don't know if he can make the roster, but I will say his speed did look pretty incredible in terms of just as a receiver. I just don't know if the Bills have the room to keep him and keep all these other threats that they have. Kev, you got to take here? Yeah, I'm extremely interested to see Deontay Hardy because... They're that similar, really similar role there. You know, Deontay Hardy could be returning kicks and punts or just one of them. And he's also a slot receiver. So, um, and obviously we gave him a lot of, quite a bit of guaranteed money. So Deontay Hardy is going to make this roster. Isabella may not make this roster. And we just didn't get to see Hardy play really in that game yesterday. He didn't get any targets. Um, I think he saw the field maybe a little bit, but um, again, it's not with Josh Allen. You can't read too much into it. I did like what I saw from Isabella. He seemed to be um, that Beasley type of receiver, which we were missing last year. But the question is, is Hardy better? I'm hoping Hardy is much better because he's not only a shallow threat, he's also a deep threat. Really, really interested to see if Hardy can add, add a dimension to this offense. Um, not unlike Isaiah McKenzie, but hopefully a lot better. Um, and again, we also saw Shakir. We saw the good Shakir making some great catches. And we saw the bad Shakir with a really bad third down prop. So hopefully... The chemistry with Shakir is there with Josh Allen and he's going to take a step in the right direction because we saw some great things from Shakir. He has length. He has speed. If he can cut down on the drops, he could be a weapon in the slot and we can have something really cooking. If we got those two tight ends, Hardy and even Sherfield, there could be a lot of threats all the way around this offense. And that's a big thing that we're looking for because this is the problem we ran into last season, and that was depth. 
We had we had trouble with depth. As soon as someone went down, as soon as someone was nicked up, it was really, really challenging. We were relying on Stefan Diggs way too much last season. He's a great player, but to ask him to put up 10, 12, 13 catches, put up well over 100 yards, get a touchdown every game, it's it's a lot of pressure to put on a guy who's an amazing player, but you need more than that. The offense was quite one-dimensional. We know this. There was a lot of pressure put on Josh Allen. He was running the ball. He was throwing the ball. He made up the highest percentage of any NFL team's offense in the entire league. I think it was like over 86 or 87%. He was doing everything. And that's just, you can't ask all of that out of Josh Allen. You can't ask all of that of Stefan Diggs. And that's why the Buffalo Bills went and brought in all these guys that you've brought up. This is the exact reason why a guy like Isabella was brought in. That's why Deontay Hardy was brought in. That's why, you know, Shakir is hopefully going to get more of an opportunity. Sherfield, there's all these guys that they brought in with the hopes that they're going to fill that void, that we're going to have more depth. We haven't even talked about Gabe Davis. We don't really know what he's going to be this year. Hopefully he takes a step forward. But obviously after last season, there's a lot of critics out there that are concerned. I personally think he's going to be better than he was. And part of that is going to come again with the whole Kincaid Knox thing. I think it's going to take pressure off of Davis. And I think it's going to create a little more opening for him. The coverages might not be as tight on him. So I really do think that this piece of bringing in Kincaid is really to me what's changing this entire offense as a whole or, or at least i really hope so we got a few other things to cover we only got a few minutes here left but a couple things here number one damar hamlin's back that is just as good of a story as anyone could ever have it's such a heartfelt story we were all terrified last year i i remember when it happened i thought my heart was going to stop i mean the guy essentially died on the nfl field and was saved and brought back to life. And he's now back in a Buffalo Bills jersey. And he's playing and he looks good. I thought he looked really good in the first preseason game. Again, it's just the preseason. But he looked comfortable. He did not look hesitant. He had some big tackles in the game where every time he made a tackle, a part of me was nervous, hoping that he'd get up and everything would be okay. But as soon as he did, it kind of was just business as usual. So... That's obviously a huge positive for both Hamlin, his family, and the Buffalo Bills because he is a good player. I don't think he's a great player, but I think he's a good player, and I think he brings some physicality to this team, and he's going to play. You better believe the guy's going to play this year. So we got that. Number two, Dorian Williams. We don't know what's going to happen with the linebacker position. We really don't. We know Matt Milano is going to play. We know AJ Klein's going to be thrown in there from time to time. We really don't know what's happening between Terrell Bernard and, and Dodson and maybe Dorian Williams, although they've shifted him, but I still feel like maybe he could play middle linebacker if it's with Milano. I like what I saw from Dorian Williams. He's certainly a little small, although I did see that he's six foot one, but he looks small. Um, but he's got great speed. I saw him going you know, cross the field sideline to sideline, and he's a very sure tackler. 
So to me, those two things tell me that he could be a difference maker on this defense, particularly when we really need it in the linebacker position. You need a guy with instincts. We saw those instincts yesterday. We've we've had Terrell Dawson for multiple years. I think he's average at best. Um, didn't I haven't seen those instincts from him. Dorian Williams, even just in the preseason, he looked like he was playing fast. He looked like he had good instincts. I think he has the highest ceiling of any middle linebacker type player that we have on this team. Terrell Bernard, what we saw from him last year was nothing short of pathetic. To be totally honest with you, he looked undersized and confused. Maybe, maybe he'll surprise me and be better this year. I don't know. Balen Specter is not an option. Um, AJ Klein, you know what you're going to get. He's going to he's going to be consistent but unspectacular. I, I think we better hope Dorian Williams is good because otherwise, I think by midseason we may be looking to trade for someone better. And I think with a guy like Bernard, if he was impressing so far, he would have locked in the middle linebacker position. The fact that he hasn't, and he's still fighting against Dodson, who we know has never been able to crack the roster. And okay, part of that is Tremaine Edmonds, but he's never been able to get on that, you know, starting roster or playing regularly. To me, if you're still fighting against him, you're probably only worthy of a backup position. So I'm hopeful that Dorian Williams at least shows enough over the preseason that the Bills are willing to give him a chance. Because I think their hesitancy is because he's a little undersized. But if he's undersized, but he's better than the other options, he should start. They drafted him in the third round. So but we had a clear opening at middle linebacker and no one to take that position. So there must be something they liked about him. Yeah, for sure. Look, they obviously see the potential in him, but we've seen this before. The Buffalo Bills are very hesitant to go with rookie players. They did the same thing with Kyrie Elam, and they continue to do so. They continue to force him to beat out Dane Jackson when I would argue at this point, I think he's done more than enough to prove himself as the starter opposite Tredavious White, but we're not going to go down that road today. The last piece I really want to talk about is the offensive line. I think the offensive line is improved this year, but there's still some big concerns. I mean, Torrance, to me, looks like a really good guard. He There was no concern. He looked super comfortable. He looked like we just slotted him in and he's NFL ready. It's the tackle position. You and I know it. Spencer Brown obviously had a really tough year last year. If he's our guy still and doesn't show up, what do we do? We don't really have someone who can be trusted for an entire season as a tackle. Are we going to be looking to add another guy? Maybe someone comes available in a couple of weeks. Because at this point, I can't say that I'm entirely confident in the right side there. Yeah, we're, we're in trouble if Spencer Brown doesn't elevate his game to a level of at least middle of the road right tackle, there's going to be trouble. You have to hope, you know, Osiris Torrance is sort of a high-end 
O-lineman and that can, he can elevate the guys beside him because it's been a long time since we've had uh, elite player on our O-line. I don't believe we have any elite players on our O-line. I think Deion Dawkins had a mediocre season last year. I believe Saffold beside him was atrocious. You have McGovern, who is ho hopefully he's above middle of the pack, but let's let's assume he's middle of the pack. You have Mitch Morris. Maybe he's slightly better than average. Again, there's nobody on that O-line who's at an all-pro, even pro bowl level. So to me, we need somebody to elevate their game. We need one guy where we can run that way and he's going to maul guys. And I'm hoping Torrance. But from the right tackle position, again, if Spencer Brown is not performing, we may need to look outside the organization because I don't believe we have another guy who can start at right tackle. It's just a little frustrating to me that they didn't just handle their business this offseason. I think that they could have brought in some more depth. They chose not to, and I hope they don't pay the price. We have talked about this for a long time, which is the most important position after the quarterback is protecting the quarterback, the offensive line. And I'm not convinced that we've gone all in on the offensive line yet because we don't have a Pro Bowl player on the offensive line. All the top teams who care about their quarterback and their offense load up their offensive line or retool it if it's not working. The Bills, they've been very hesitant to do so. And I'm not exactly sure why because generally speaking, the Buffalo Bills have been very good at making changes when things don't work. And with the offensive line, I have always felt like they've dragged their feet and it's really set us back. But we will close out with the final thing to say here. The Buffalo Bills defensive line looks really good and really deep. Even without Vaughn Miller, at this point, I have no concerns. I think they're going to be a lot better than last year. Of course, Von Miller will be coming back, but we've added a lot of depth. Everyone's got another year under their belt, specifically Rousseau and Basham. I think this offensive line is going to be a hell of a lot better. Of course, Leonard Floyd comes over. Von Miller's partner in crime when he won the Super Bowl with the Rams. I think this defensive line finally is going to make a big impact and we really need to because we know the linebacking core is not quite the same as it was and we know our cornerback situation maybe isn't perfect but with our safeties and our defensive line you better believe this defense is still for real it's still a top tier defense and then of course you add on what we hope is a great offense so we're going to wrap up this week, and we will be talking to you all after the next preseason game. Hopefully, we get some more answers from that. Thank you so much for listening, and once again, go Bills. Bills. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.